ones we know of that are sick at home, Sheila Groves, Daphne Crowder, and Carolyn Spivey, and Barbara Walford, Willie's wife, is in the hospital in Centennial. So let's remember them in our prayers this week. Also, let's remember the family of Gail Smith. This is Anne of Doug Parks and Lecter Johns, passed away this morning. She's going to be at, Gal at Family Heritage in Gallatin. Uh, the visitation will be tomorrow, Monday, from 2 to 8, and then Tuesday, 10 to 1, and the funeral will be at 1 o'clock. So let's remember that family as well. Sammy wanted to announce we need six to nine people to teach and assist for one to two hours each at the VBS, and that's going to be June the 16th. It's age groups from cradle roll to kindergarten, and if you can help with this or in any other way with the VBS, please see Sammy. The event's coming up. Let's remember a baby shower for Katie Brooks. It's going to be April 22nd uh, from 2 to 4. Happy Heart's going to be April 16th, and that's going to be here at the building. Our fourth Sunday fellowship meal will be next Sunday, April 22nd. That's after the evening worship. Zone 1 is responsible for set up and clean up on that. Also, let's remember next Saturday, our um, youth rally. It's going to be next Saturday from 9 to 1. Uh, going to have classes for all ages, so everyone's invited to come out. We have some great speakers this year, just like we did last year. It's going to be from 9 to 1. And also, there's a sign-up sheet in the back for anyone that can help bring uh, drinks or cookies or things like that. So sign up sheet in the back if you can sign up for that tonight. The World Christian Broadcasting Dinner is this Thursday, April 19th. And that's going to be in Franklin, Tennessee at the Marriott. And Chris Crowder needs to know tonight if you're going to be able to go. We do want to announce that we have uh, some new members at One Place Membership this morning. Jimmy and Vicki Broderick have said they want to place membership here, so let's remember them. And I'm glad they're with us and want to get to work with us. We appreciate all of them uh, in that decision. That's all I got. Anything else needs to be announced tonight? Okay, in our worship, Mickey Thompson will be leading our singing. Mike Pearson will have our prayer. Matt Miller will bring our sermon. And Blue McDonald will have our closing prayer.
for prayer. <laughs> what a fellowship, what a Let us pray. Most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this day that you've given us. We're so thankful for all that you've given us, Lord, as creator of everything, the most powerful thing in the universe, the universe itself. We know, Lord, that you're the sustainer of life for everything, including us, right down to the very air that we breathe. And we're so thankful that you see fit to sustain our lives from day to day, that we may worship you in your awesomeness and in your holiness. And we're thankful for the opportunity to be here tonight 
to sing these songs of praise to your most holy name. We ask, Lord, that you hear our prayer and the petitions that we have. We pray, Lord, that for those that are sick. We have a number that have been mentioned sick here, Lord, and we pray that you would guide the hands that minister to them. We would hope that it would be your will that you would allow them to return to the normal walks of life. We ask that you be with the sick the world over. The world is sick, both physically and spiritually, and we pray that you be with us to give us strength that we can go out into the world and we can make a difference in your name. For all the things that we have to be thankful for, Lord, the most, most of all, we're thankful for your son that you sent to this earth to teach us, to show us the way, to provide the way, to be that great sacrifice that we can have the forgiveness of sins that we can be redeemed and have that hope of eternal life with you someday. We pray, Lord, for this congregation and for the leadership of this congregation. We pray that the elders continue to make decisions that are in accordance with your will as we all strive to work in the kingdom. And we pray for the deacons as they carry out the specific duties that they've been assigned. And we pray, Lord, that they can do it cheerfully and without a great burden on their part. And we ask that we can, that we can all be of help in all the works of this congregation as, as we try to be a shining light into the community and into all the world. We pray, Lord, that you continue to bless every household that's represented here tonight. We know that we live in the richest country in the world that we're truly blessed with all that is around us in a material way in a great abundance. And we pray that you would continue to shower us with these, the abundant blessings that you have thus far. We pray, Lord, that you would forgive us of our sins. We do many things that's contrary to your will, and, and Lord, we pray that you give us the strength to recognize sin when it is before us. And, that we can overcome temptation. And there's many things that, that we leave undone that you would have us to do to further the kingdom, to be of service to you, to be pleasing to you. And we pray, Lord, for strength that we can carry out these duties and, and do the things that would please you most and do the things that would help to spread the kingdom. We pray, Lord, that as we continue in this service, that continue to bless us all and then bless the ministers of this congregation, Lord, for the works that they do with Brother Derek and, and Sister Caitlin and the work that they do with the youth. And we ask that you bless Brother Doug and Sister Melanie. There's so many things that they do that, that they're not always given the credit for, Lord. There's a lot of teaching they do. There's a lot of work that they do with individuals that we're just so thankful for their efforts here at this congregation. We ask that you continue to be with Brother Matt and Sister Aaron as they strive to, to do your will here among us. We pray for all of these families along in fruitful service in your works. We pray that as we continue in this service that, we find, that you find that everything that we do, we do in spirit and in truth, and that you find that it is well-pleasing in your sight. We pray, Lord, that you continue to be with us and be with Brother Matthew as he stands before us this evening to speak a portion of your word to us. And let it 
let us find an application in our lives and in our hearts for what he has to say tonight as we go out into the world. And we pray that we can be the kind of Christian that when we're out in the world that people will know that we're different, that we're not like the rest of the world, and that they'll want to know why we're different and we'll be able to tell them that we're a good Christian and that we're strong in faith to you and that we work for you every day. All these things we ask here, Lord, in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This will be our song for, for Brother Matt's lesson. Give me the Bible, song of gladness, So glad you could be here this evening. If you're a guest, you are our honored guest, and we're glad that you're here, and we hope that our worship thus far has been, as Mike prayed, in spirit and truth. We are striving to be pleasing to the Lord in all that we do and all that we say, and what a blessing it is to be able to worship together without fear of persecution. Amen? I know that Many today probably were worshiping somewhere where there was some type of fear of persecution for 
the things that they're doing. And what a blessing it is that we don't have to worry about that. But I know that one thing is for sure, that no matter where you are, we still serve the same God. Amen. And he still loves every single one of us the exact same. And tonight, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the love of Christ. And I want to do it from Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verses 16 and 20. But as we begin, I want to tell you a little story. There was a preacher that preached a sermon one time on procrastination. And when I heard it, it motivated me. It motivated me so much that I actually built a deck on my backyard. And many of you have heard this story a million times. But, you know, I'd never done any woodworking before. I'd never built anything like that in my life. But with some help, I got it done. And, you know, the problem that I had in the the process of starting to do this is me and Jojo and uh, my mother-in-law and Aaron, we would be outside and we'd walk it off and we'd set up stuff and we'd look at it and we'd try to picture how it would be, but we never could really get the full picture until uh, my brother Kerry Poole came and drew up the dimensions. He gave us the length, he gave us the width, he gave us, you know, how high this is going to be, where it's going to look. He drew this plan up and when he do it, when he drew it up, I thought, all right, here we go. I had the mental picture. And then when we started putting things together and we started to assemble this deck, it started even looking better. And you know, Carrie, I love him so much. He treated me like a little child. He just took care of me and he showed me what to do and how to cut it. He was patient with me when I was jerking it out of his, you know, hammering stuff out of his way. And finally, I guess I had done a good enough job where he just let me do it by myself. And I did it. I did a lot of the deck by myself on top, and I am proud to say it still is standing, and it still looks pretty good. Man, no laughs or nothing? But the lesson tonight is also about dimensions. But these dimensions are based on the love that the Lord has for us. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 20, let's read and we'll begin our lesson. That he, and actually I'm going to start in verse 14. Paul says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, 
according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So I want us to look at those four dimensions and see what blessings we can receive from the text tonight. The first thing is the width. Brethren, the gospel is for all, isn't it? If you'll just look up just a few verses in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6, the top of my chapter says, the mystery revealed. And the mystery was revealed. Verse 6 says that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. Through the gospel, everyone has the opportunity to be saved. Amen? Galatians chapter 3 verse 8 says, And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all nations shall be blessed. We see way back that the Lord intended for everybody to have the ability to be blessed. That's love. Now, what we need to understand and what we need to grasp as we go through this is just how much the love of Christ is for us. It's the ability for everybody to have the opportunity to be saved. There isn't just opportunity to be saved. There isn't just a specific group. There isn't just one person. There isn't just 15 people. Everybody has the ability to be saved, and that that should be encouraging to us. That should be something that drives us to know that the one that loves us the most, the one who saves us, allows everybody to have the opportunity to be blessed by that. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 39, when Peter preached that first gospel sermon, he said, This promise, this way to be saved is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. How does the Lord call us? He calls us through the gospel. And everyone, every person has the ability to be saved. There is absolutely nobody that doesn't deserve to hear the gospel. Amen? There isn't one person that you could say, I don't know about that one. I don't know if I should share this with that person. Just think if you had that type of attitude. Isn't that a terrible attitude? Not with Jesus. Think about the things that we do contrary to his word. Think about the actions that we do that nobody else knows about, those secret things that we're involved in. Think about how disrespectful they are to the Lord. And in in spite of that, he still offers a way for everyone to be saved. Incredible. If we sit back and think about the width of his love, think about the width, there is no end. And this is kind of funny to me. I thought about it. It literally is a wide load, right? 
Y'all know what a wide load is? I'll give you an example of a wide load. I was on, going through on 109 where Main Street is, and there's a tractor trailer with a trailer on it, right? What happens when that trailer's on there? It says wide load, and usually it's got a car behind it with the flashing lights, right? Well, I couldn't wait for that. I mean, I had to get by that thing. So I pulled up and tried to go past this wide load, but I couldn't do it. It was too wide in that area. So what did I have to do? I had to back up and wait, and I thought to myself, this thing is too wide to be going through town, right? I was impatient. I was having a little bit of road rage, and I apologize for that. I didn't say anything out of line or anything like that, but I was frustrated. But it is a wide load when we think about how wide the Lord's love is for everyone. How should we be when it comes to our love? How wide is our love? You know, I immediately think of Matthew chapter 25, you know, when he separates the, on the right and on the left, and he talks about the things that they've done. And he says, you know, I was hungry, and you gave me some food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. And I was in prison, and you came to me. How wide is our love? Are we involved in those things? Are those things a part of our lives? Do we show our appreciation to the Lord for how much he loves us by offering salvation? And in return, we show our love and kindness to all people, as we talked about this morning. What else can we learn? What about the length? If you had to answer this question, what would you say? Did the Lord go to a great length to save us? Absolutely. If you would, turn with me to Luke chapter 22. And I want to take us through a few scriptures. Oh, this is good stuff, brethren. Oh, man. Just for a minute, just get in this with me. Just follow along with what the Word says about how great a length this man Jesus went for us. Let me start in verse 63. Luke 23, verse 63. It says, Now the men who held Jesus mocked him and beat him. And having blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is the one who struck you? And many other things they blasphemously spoke against him. Look at verse uh, chapter 23, verse 11. Then Herod, with his men of war, treated him with contempt and mocked him, arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, and sent him back to Pilate. Look at verse 20. Pilate, therefore wishing to release Jesus, again called out to them. But they shouted, saying, crucify him, crucify him. Now think about the people who are saying that. Some of those same people were laying down palm branches 
says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord and now has turned and said, crucify him. How could you handle that if you saw that person? How could you handle that if you knew how disrespectful people were being to you and all you wanted to do was show them love? Look at verses 33 and 36. I'm going to start actually in verse 32. There were also two other criminals led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. Outright disrespect for the king. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine. And saying, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. And then they put this inscription over the top of him. And it said, this is the king of the Jews. How would you feel if you got treated that way? And you're God Almighty. And you have the ability to do whatever you want. You have the ability to think something and something happened to somebody. Yet he didn't do it. He didn't do it. But I tell you what he did do. He loved us so much that he went through it. He did it because he loved us so much. And brethren, here's the blessing. He didn't stay in that grave. Look at chapter 24, verses 6 and 7. They had come and the stone was rolled away. And they were perplexed. And verse 5 says, Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? In verse 6 he says, He's not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee? saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again? What links the Lord went to to show his love for us? What links should we go to to show our love? Should we be long-suffering? Should we be able to take rebuke when we're in the wrong? You know you're right. I shouldn't be doing that. And I appreciate you coming and telling me, even though it makes me mad. Even though it makes me mad. You're absolutely right. And I want to ask for forgiveness from you. I'm sorry that you had to come and tell me that. I should have known better. Is that how we show our love? Hey, brethren, do we turn the other cheek? Or does it even really matter? What links did the Lord go to show his love for us? What else can we learn? What about the depth? 
the depth. However deep sin goes, his love goes that deep as well, doesn't it? Turn with me to Psalm chapter 139. Psalm chapter 139. Very well-known scripture. But I want you to think about and consider verses 7 through 11. Listen to this. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in In the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. The Lord is everywhere. The Lord can go as deep as he needs to. The Lord can go as high as he needs to. You remember Isaiah 59, I've used this verse I don't know how many times and I don't know how it keeps coming up, but here it is again. Behold the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. Brethren, that is powerful, amen? You want to talk about somebody who loves you, that's it. You know, I discipline my children. I tell them not to do things, and when they do it, it hurts my feelings. But I continue to do it. But you know what? I'm always ready to be there for when they say, you know what? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. And what should I do in return? I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. The reason why I did it was because I loved you. You remember the prodigal, the prodigal son story. What did the father do? He looked and he looked and he looked. And finally he came back and he ran to him. Yeah, these stories are repetitive. Yes, I talk about them all the time. But you know what those stories do for me personally? They energize me because it reminds me how much I'm loved. And so are you. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want you to listen to these things. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. That list is a pretty strong list of some powerful sins. But here's the encouraging thing. God's hand is not too short. God's hand goes into the deep. If you want it, if you ask for it, 
Because it finishes by saying, and such were some of you. Hallelujah, praise Jehovah. But you were washed. You were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. How much does the Lord love us? He'll go to any depth. He'll go anywhere to help you. What did Paul say? Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man. (laughs) That's some terrible characteristics. A blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man. But what happened? He obtained mercy. I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and what else? Love. With faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. How much does the Lord love us? He died for us. He allowed us to be able to be reconciled. Does our love go deep or is it shallow? Especially when others sin against us. Are we willing to forgive? Or there's no way possible that I can forgive that person. Just think about if God did us that way, I'd be out a long time ago. Amen? Because I've said some pretty terrible things in my life. I've done some pretty terrible things in my life. Amen? I've thought about some really terrible things that I acted on that I didn't put in some subjection and do the right thing. I did the wrong thing. But thanks be to God, through his grace and through his love, he allowed me to be found right. That's love. See, I'm setting this up for a reason. I'm setting this up for the conclusion of these verses because I'm telling you what. (laughs) I'm telling you what. When you let this marinate, when you let this sit in, it changes who you are. Don't you love it when people love you and you know it? I love it when people are around me encouraging me, telling me that they love me, telling me that they appreciate me, helping me when I'm not doing the right thing. I appreciate that. What else? What about the height? When we think about the Lord Jesus... When we think about who he is and what he's done, it should take us to a different height. He's an encourager. He's the man who brings peace. He's the one who brings joy. He's the one who gives us hope. He's the one who gives us comfort. You remember in John chapter 8, verse 58, when he was talking to the group around him and they were talking about Abraham, Jesus said to him and made this statement, before Abraham was, I am. That's a huge statement. Who is I am? You remember back at the burning bush, all the way back in Exodus, 
Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. God told Moses, he said, who do I need to tell uh, the elders that you are? Who do I need to tell uh, them that uh, sent me? And he told them, I am who I am. So when we become discouraged, I am your encouragement. When we become frustrated, I'm there to uplift you. When I become angry, I'm the one who wants to bring happiness in your life. When I'm stressed out, when I'm stressed to the max, I want to bring you comfort and relaxation. Don't y'all like it when you get to relax? Don't you like it when you don't have a lot of pressure on you because you've lied three or four times and you got to figure out how to make that lie work out one more time because you forgot the very first lie that you worked up and construed it in the situation? How much pressure is on you? All you who are heavy laden, all you who are struggling with a heavy heart, come to me and I will give you what? Rest. That's love. That's love. Unbelievable love. And because of that, because of who he is, because of what he's done, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, we know that God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. The name that's above every name is the one who loves us. That's incredible. So when we become in these ways, where do we need to look? Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 tell us, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting, at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. When we let the dimensions of the love of Christ begin to be a part of our thinking, what we see is that we will change who we are. It will allow us to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. The power of the Lord works in us because we know that what we're doing is not in vain. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3, and I want us to look at verses 19 to the end of the chapter. Paul says that you may be rooted and grounded in love and may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. And then he says this, to know the love of Christ which passes understanding. And then he says to Know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Think about the width. Think about the length. Think about the depth. Think about the height of the love of Christ for you. When we understand that, it's hard to grasp, really. 
It's hard to understand, really, but when you start putting it in your mind and you realize that he really does love you and he really is a real person and he really is very powerful and he really is going to judge you one day, it changes your perspective. Because now the person that's going to judge me is the one who loves me. The one who's there to make intercession for me. So what should that do? Look at what verse 20 says. If I can get it to click. There we go. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. We know that we serve a Lord who loves us and cares absolutely for us. And that the church should be built on people who work, work, work. Because we love, love, love. Carrie showed me those dimensions. And I was so excited about it. I started putting together this deck And you know what I found out about myself? I found out that I could do things. That I could cut around that four by four and set that piece of deck right there. And when I got done and I sat back and looked at it, I ain't never done nothing like that in my life. And I said, you know what? That looks pretty good. I can't believe that I did that. Then I wanted to do it again. Now, I had to be careful. I messed up a couple times. I didn't tell him all that. But, I mean, I had a couple situations where it didn't go quite well. Nobody really knows about that. But that's okay. But I started doing things that I never thought I was going to be able to do. That's what God does for us. When we begin to understand just how much he really loves us, we do things that we never thought we could do before. Amen? We love him because he first loved us. We serve him because he was the one who served and made a ransom for us all. In that we should say hallelujah. In that we should say praise you, Lord, for what you've done for me. And in that we should be excited to know that who knows what the Lord has in store for your life. But why don't you let him guide you? Why don't you let him lead you? Maybe you're here today and you don't really understand the love of Christ. Well, let me tell you this. He died on a cross for you. Not to make atonement for it, not to cover it up, not to roll it forward, not to put it over on the side and save it for later. He came and died once to wipe it out. He was the ransom. He was the payment. And the price was death. And he did it for you, and he did it for me. Friend, if you're here today, do not miss and wait to become a Christian. Do it tonight. 
I'm pleading with you, just like Christ was pleading through me. Be reconciled to God. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Hey, brethren, be courageous, be strong, be brave, be immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. This week, look for opportunities to tell somebody about our king and who we serve and why we serve him. Tell somebody about the love that Christ has for us. If you need prayers, if you need to obey the gospel, come right now. Together we stand and sing.
pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for tonight, letting us come here and learn another portion of your word and sing praises to your name. Please be with us as we go out and uh, spend, spend our day and our nights until the next appointed time. Let you be on our mind and tell other people all we know about you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> 